Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. I have my friend Liz Griffin back on the show today and she has done some extensive traveling in her life. And even with kids, she's flown a lot with them. And I actually haven't flown very much with my kids, but we've done a ton of car travel. And with the summer season coming upon us, I thought it would be great if we did an episode all about traveling with kids. Now, Liz is going to cover everything about flying with kids and traveling internationally with kids. And I'm going to be talking more about in-country travel or driving with our children and making those trips fun. And even if it's on a really, really long drive or a really, really long flight, we're going to share our best travel, packing, entertainment, all that stuff, tips for you when you're traveling with your children. So let's just get right into the content. Here we go. Hey, Liz, thanks for being on the Inspired to Action podcast. How are you today? Doing good. How are you? I am doing very well. We Today on the show, we're talking about Traveling with kids, and I know something about this because every year on the last day of school, like usually at our school, we have a half day. Do y'all have a half day for the last day? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 12 o'clock. Okay. So we have a half day and we pick up our kids and then head from school out on our on, on a big vacation that my husband plans. And he's really kind of funny. I mean, he's really adorable. But yesterday he showed me our walking route. For Wait, one, walking? Where are you walking? Well, we're going we're going to Washington D.C. this time, and he's actually planned out the route of where we're going to be walking, oh. so we can maximize our time hitting the monuments on one day, the Smithsonian on another day, and he he showed me the route that we will be we will be walking on our trip. So that's it's impressive, kind of hilarious and cute, and he uses like a real paper map. And everything, you know, like one of those Rand McNally map things. Yes. And he has everything from our last three years of these massive trips in this legal pad that he just flips the page. It's just really cute. He's so not into technology and he highlights all the roads that we're going to take. And huh. it's really cute. And, and actually, it's kind of funny because it's so anticlimactic because every year we're just planting this grand exit from school, you know, off on our big vacation. And every year we remember we need to take their backpacks home first. <laughs> so it's always so anticlimactic. So we always try to figure out a way around it. How can we not have them take their backpacks to school? How can we just leave from school? And it never works. So oh, maybe, maybe we'll... Home. You what? They have to bring all their stuff home from I know. Class. I know. It's like, can you not give my kids presents at the end of the year because we really want to just leave from the school? So some year we'll figure it out. But for now... We just head back home, and it's sort of a joke. But anyway, so now that it's heading on the end of the school year, I'm really starting to look in earnest as I plan for the actual travel part of it. My husband 
plans the trip, like where we're staying and what we're doing and all that sort of thing. And I I do all the packing and entertaining of the children because usually we're in the car for like, one year we were in the car for, I think, 72 hours of driving. Straight? <laughs> no, not dri- not straight, but over the course of our two-week vacation, we were in the car for 72 hours total. And um, yeah, so so we're in the car a lot. When we, We're not the one of those people that just drives to a destination and then stays there for a couple weeks. We right. go lots of different places. So I, w- I wonder where 72 hours of driving would actually take you. If you went straight, uh-huh. I don't know. Ottawa, Canada, I have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Panama, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to look that up. I think that would be interesting. And am I am I remembering correctly that your kids get car sick? Yeah, kind of discovered that. I think well, we always knew that my youngest daughter did. Um, but then we found out I think just before our trip last year that my son apparently does too. And then I kind of have developed that as well. Maybe it's all the hours we've spent in the car. <laughs> I don't know. So now we kind of plan for that. We have three different things that we use. We, we use those C-bands. Have you familiar with those? Yes. Yeah, they look like little like uh, Kobe Bryant little, little wristbands. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But they're so actually, I always think my son looks pretty cool when we stop and go into a <laughs> restaurant in the middle of our trip or something because he has these wristbands on and his little sport clothes but actually they're just to help him keep him from throwing up so (laughs) um we use those and sometimes if somebody's feeling feeling particularly bad we have like three of them on and i'm sure that doesn't make it any better but psychologically i think it helps our kids so we have those and then um there's another thing we use actually don't have it handy and i'm trying to remember what it is but it's a little vial of that sounds so sketchy it's a little vial of um i think some sort of natural oils and then you can put it on um i think it's called motion ease that's what it's called you put it behind your ear like you drip a little bit on your finger and put it behind your ear and somehow that helps they sell it at walmart so it's not you know really really edgy but it i feel like it kind of helps are you kidding all edgy things are found at walmart (laughs) all sketchy things are found at walmart i'm not sure about edgy (laughs) Um, and does then does the, do the drops help? I feel like they do. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we have, nobody's, nobody's gotten sick except once in San Francisco, we got turned around once and you know how San, we were on that. What's that uh, hilliest street in the, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't what it's called, but I know what yeah. you're talking about. We got kind of lost. And so we're turning back and forth and all around. So we had a little issue there yeah. with one of our kids. But other than that, in all of our driving, no one has actually gotten ill they've just felt bad so and that's including ferry rides and boat rides and stuff so and we've never used dramamine unless we've been i I have but my kids haven't so 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 far all that stuff has worked for all of our all of our travels do your kids get car sick or motion sick at all um not really my daughter thinks that she does but i don't think she actually does i think she just gets tired of riding in the car and (laughs) if she knows that if she says she's feeling sick my husband will quickly pull to the side of the road and let her out. So I don't think she actually gets car sick. No, although I do. I I I do if I'm in buses, especially. Mm, yeah. So I use those um, whatever those Kobe Bryant wristbands, the C bands, C bands. I use those once, and then someone told me um, I was overseas once getting sick and didn't have any of that stuff, and someone said. 
like lemon or lime, especially lemon, just mm. even smelling it or just kind of licking on a lemon slice. <laughs> that oh. sounds so funny. It does, but it really, I don't know, something in the citrus, I'd, I have no idea what it is, but I, it really helped. Maybe it was psychological, but I, having like just a slice of lemon that you smell every now and then hmm. works for me. No, no, I mean, I've read a lot about it because we spend a lot of time in the car and we have spent lots of time not feeling well. We we hit um, the West Coast two years ago. Yes, two years ago. And we did um, the Pacific Coast Highway, which I know lots of people nice. love and sounds great in theory. But when you have one person who can't stand heights and is has particular issues with the Pacific Coast Highway and then... Two kids who get car sick and a husband who loves the Pacific Coast Highway and just wants to look out the view while the scared of heights person is freaking out that her husband who's driving the car is looking out the view. So you're the scared of heights person? That would be me. That's you. Okay. I think it's just my creativity. I can imagine that, wow, if he sneezes and we turn (laughs) left, we all die. Yeah. And that's just that. (laughs) Yeah, there, there, there aren't really guardrails on highway one which made me really nervous too so it was just yeah. it wasn't the lovely drive that you might have a relaxing family outing that you were hoping for on that right it may huh. have been a, a low point in, in the vacation actually <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so we also use like gin we eat ginger snap cookies because i heard ginger yes. helps and maybe it's just the actual cookie thing that we like i don't know but we, we do that as well. And that seems to work. It seems to help us a lot. But you you don't f- drive as much with your kids. You, you've flown a lot with them. Is that right? Yeah, we've flown. Well, I mean, we drove. We used to live in Seattle. And then we drove from Seattle to San Diego and then back across the country. So we've driven with them some, not to the extent that you have. But we've traveled um, with them quite a bit. We, let's see. I mean, we, you know, when we lived in Seattle, we'd come to Texas to visit our families and, and whatnot. So we did lots of shorter trips. But then we also, goodness, when my daughter was 10 months old, she's my oldest. So when she was 10 months old, we took a month long trip from, um, you went from Seattle to Paris. We were in Paris for a week. Then we went from Paris to Tunisia, which is in North Africa. And then we went across North Africa to Morocco and then eventually back to the state. So we went on a big month long Wow. whirlwind kind of tour with her and then have traveled with her we've traveled kind of internationally with them as well and we're going to South Africa in a couple months uh, with the kids so yeah I guess my experience is less in the car and more in the air yeah um which is you know you don't get quite as much motion sickness in the air but you can't pull over either if right. there's a problem right so so yeah. how do you how did you re- keep your 10 month old occupied what what was that like was that crazy or did it was it fine you know it was it was better than I thought it was going to be I was I was prepared for kind of chaos I think um but one of my like best travel tip kind of things is at the on an international flight and I guess some domestic flights too the um you know the sort of walls like where there's the restrooms and there's that kind of wall that goes in front of the seat. Mm-hmm. It's called the bulkhead and there's extra room on the bulkhead. And on an international flight, they have bassinets that there's these special hooks on bulkheads wow. that bassinet can click into that they have on the airline. So if you get to your, I don't think that you can reserve a bulkhead seat 
like when you schedule online, I think you have to ask for it when you like check in. So we, you know, always try to get to the airport early and get a, ask them to switch us to a bulkhead seat. Um, so she had her own little bassinet that she could sit in once they or once they're like kind of up and crawling around, obviously you can't leave them in a bassinet on an airplane because they could fall out really easy. Right. Um, she wasn't to the point where she was really that active yet. My kids were late crawlers. They didn't crawl till they were one. So she was fine at 10 months. But, uh, so she, you know, it was nice cause she was able to sleep in that, which meant we got to sleep cause we weren't, you know, holding her. And I think that's sort of the, uh, the biggest challenge on a long flight is figuring out how to get some sleep yourself. So you're not totally waxed by the time you get wherever you're headed. Yeah. yeah. But to, if you're traveling with babies, I say go and get a bulkhead and ask for a bassinet. And then even if they're just sitting in there playing or there's extra floor space just because it's longer, it's kind of like an exit row essentially, but there's a wall on the other end. So they can't like get under the chair in front of you or something, but you could like bring a blanket, put it on the floor and they can kind of have free space to play. Mm-hmm. Even for older kids, it's nice, but that's kind of one of our favorite things we try to get when we fly with the kids. So do you have, did you have like a special stroller or how did, how did all that work? Cause there's a lot of stuff that comes. I mean, a 10 month old is small, but all the stuff that comes uh, with a 10 month old is well, massive. And get this. So where we were going, um, in, in North Africa, they didn't have any baby food. You know, the, the moms just make their own baby food, which is great, except because of parasites and stuff, you know, I couldn't go buy carrots and puree them, right. of, you know, bugs and parasites and whatnot. You're not supposed to eat vegetables like that. And, and I didn't have, I mean, how was I, I didn't have any way to make baby food in a hotel room in the middle, in the North Africa. <laughs> um, so I, they didn't have baby food to buy. So I had to actually pack a month's worth of formula and baby food. Wow. Um, for her. Yeah. So that was a, kind of a logistical challenge for me to estimate how much I think she's going to eat and, you know, bring, bring that. So we had an entire suitcase that was just food for her. Um, so that took up quite a bit of our room, but Honestly, I think our, our, I guess, motto is if you can't run through the airport with it, you should bring it because inevitably we're going to miss a flight. We're going to be late or flight's going to be late landing. We're going to have to run across to try to get our connecting flight or whatnot. So we try to keep it, you know, if we can run through the airport, then we're going to be okay. Um, so we packed pretty light. We just took one of those $20 I don't even know the brand, like umbrella strollers. Mm-hmm. This was a little stroller. Cause I, you know, I think things get pretty dinged up on airplanes because you have to check your stroller and they put it underneath or, you know, just walking around cities, they get kind of messed up. So our thought was let's bring something, let's take stuff that if we don't make it home with it, we're, you know, it's, we're not out a lot of money or a whole bunch of inconvenience. So if we're like, as long as it lasts us through that, but it look, I mean, the twenty dollar little stroller held up great, and we took it to we, we took it to Europe again with kids, and so we didn't. I mean, we had the pack and play. We had her stroller. We had all of her food, and that was pretty much it. 
Did you have like a backpack for her? I or a baby? I guess I had a baby born, but I really, I did. I never carried. I I never carried her in it. I always, whenever I see moms with like the slings and stuff, and I think, oh, that's so handy. And then I never actually. <laughs> I had them, but I didn't really use it very much. She pretty much rocked the stroller, um, or crawled around. Awesome. So we we. I don't think I've ever flown with a baby. Well, I, I flew with my youngest daughter once, um, but it was just like a hour-long flight or something. So I don't have much experience there. I did fly with my three kids up to Chicago where my husband was on a business trip, and we spent a week up there. And they were, I want to say maybe three and six and eight, nine, something like that. Mm-hmm. They, actually, I just looked at the picture. They looked smaller. Maybe they were more like two. I don't know. They were, they were relative. They were young enough that as I made my way through the airport, people would comment on how I was traveling with <laughs> these young children. And, um, but you know, once, once your kids can walk, you just kind of put them in this hierarchical order, at least for me with three. So I had one less hand for all my kids, but I was just like, Okay, so I'm connected to the youngest one, and then the youngest one needs to be connected to the next one, and the next one needs to be connected to the other one. So I would just put my oldest always, you know, at the other end, and we would just try to bookend. Because my main concern wasn't really the flying. It was getting through the airport. Yeah, Um, the security especially. mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Just with all of our kids and all of our stuff, and I was just like, okay, kids, no wandering off, no you know, <laughs> don't go look at something without telling mommy. But um, so most of what we've done is just travel in the car with kids. And so I thought I would share a few things. And some of these I think can apply to flying as well. So once I share mine, you feel free to share any that you have too, but just things to keep kids occupied. My family lives about eight hours. Well, before the speed limit bumped up to 70, it was eight hours um, away from us. So we've always traveled via car with the kids, even when they're really little. And so some of my favorite things um, for traveling with kids are, um, number one is just audiobooks. We we have never had a DVD player in our car. We mm-hmm. did just get a new car. Okay, I'm going to tell you this just because it's really funny and it shows how dorky we are. We are super practical. And so we just bought a new to us car and it is the same car <laughs> that we had before (laughs) like the exact same year and everything because it's a Hyundai Entourage which we really liked but they only made it for two years and so our car with all these trips had like 130,000 miles on it and so we bought this new version of it and it has 50,000 miles on it but anyway we just keep joking we are just way too practical that we just bought the exact same exact same car anyway It's not broke, don't fix it. Right, right. It works for us, and uh, we got a good deal. So anyway, we've always traveled in this, and so until now, until we got this one, because it was like the upgraded version, because we are so cutting edge in 2007, um, it has a DVD player. But up until this car, we've never had a DVD player in the car, so we've had to come up with ways to keep the kids entertained, and our very favorite way is just audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so some of my favorite audiobooks would be Little House on the Prairie, which it sounds like a girl book and you think, oh, that's kind of more for girls, but I have all these boys. It's totally for boys too. Honestly, when I ordered it, my husband was the most excited in the family (laughs) to listen to it. So that is a great one. I mean, they go through all kinds of adventures and 
I mean, it's just so good. And and we we got the one read by Cherry Jones. And so I, there might be other ones, but I really liked that one. Then we also have recently been listening to the Chronicles of Narnia and really like that. If your kids are very young, it might be a little bit too intense for them in some parts, but um, we really like that. Then we also like Adventures in Odyssey, which mm-hmm. there are a never-ending number of those. So if your kids like those, you just hit the gold mine. Um, and then we also really like the Story of the World by Susan Wise Bauer. It's a it, it makes us feel very intelligent, but it's entertaining enough even for our youngest. And so it's just basically the history of the world. And there's about five, I think, CD sets, and it's absolutely fascinating. Um, and we get most of those on audible.com, which is my very favorite website because I love audiobooks. And so it's just kind of fun. Every beginning of the month, I know I can go download a new book for us to listen to. So um, audiobooks are how we keep each other entertained. And then another thing that I do are, um, and I don't do it as much now that my kids are older, but when they were really little and if we would be on a very long drive, I would plan snack time and kind of like a little gift time. So what I, this sounds so OCD, but what I would do is if we had like a 10-hour drive, I would plan for, if I needed to, 20 different little events. So every hour, maybe I would give them a new little snack thing to snack on or, or water or something like that. And then every half hour, I would have 10 little packages wrapped for each of them. So, and it wouldn't be anything fancy. A lot of times I would just um, get something out of their room that they hadn't played with in a while. Or all the toys that I'd gathered for them to play with on the drive I would just wrap them up in a little brown paper bag and stick a bow on it or something just to make it fun. So if they were behaving well and having a good attitude on the drive, then every time a snack time came or a little, I don't know what I would call it, a little gift time came, they would get to pick a package out of the box or they would get to pick a snack out of the box. If they were being kind of whiny and complainy, then they would have to wait until the next one. So it really helped because... It just kept them focused on trying to enjoy the journey. And it also gave them something to look forward to that kind of broke up the trip along the way. And like I said, sometimes I would go to the dollar store and get a few dollar items that would be fun and new. But a lot of times I would just get their same old things. But it was just a fun thing for them to be able to unwrap whatever Mm -hmm. the little toy was. Um, So that's another thing that really helped us. And, um, And then the last one that I think I'll mention is... We bought clipboard cases. So, you know, like those clipboards, there's some that kind of open and close. And we got ours on Amazon for like $7. And so you could put a whole bunch of papers in there and we bought stencils for them. And then you can put markers and that sort of thing in it as well. And so they would have their clipboard and it was like this little travel art desk that would fit in the back of the seat in front of them. And that kept them entertained a lot as well. And they could do that while they were listening to the audiobooks too. So... Those are a few of my best tips. How do you keep your kids occupied? Yeah, you know, we don't do DVDs that much either. We don't have the we don't have one in our car. Um, I mean, every now and then, you know, we'll put a, we'll have a movie on the iPad or something if we're going an incredibly long amount of time. But you know, I think it, they seem to have more fun and be in better moods, in my opinion, if they're not mm-hmm. watching shows. Um, they travel better, which seems kind of counterintuitive. But, um, and you know what? We actually, someone did that for us, packed those presents when we moved from Seattle. 
And it was the best thing. And I've done it ever since what you were saying, where you just take things that are already around the house. You don't have to go Mm -hmm. spend a bunch of money. And it's funny, you know, I think if I had handed my son just a little box car, he'd be like, I don't want to play with this. But because it had a bow on it, it was like, oh, sweet. (laughs) And so there's something to just getting to unwrap a present every hour or whatnot that, I don't know, made it much more exciting, I guess. Um, But I I try to pack, you know, so thinking with flying, you can be pretty limited in what you have access to in terms of, you know, it's got to fit in the thing in front of you, the seat, whatever they say, the seat Seat in front of you. you, Yeah, yeah, under the seat in front of you, which also takes up your leg room. So, you know, I try to do as as many multi-use things as possible. Um, So bringing something that can be a pretend phone or it could also be, you know, something else if they're playing another game, sort of things that have an imagination aspect to it, like a creative aspect to it, um, where they can just, you know, we're going to play, now we're going to play office and this is the phone, this is your paper, this is your pen. Um, those kinds of things seem to keep them occupied longer than just an actual game itself. Maybe it's their age. I don't know. Maybe if you're older, if your kids are older, they'll play with an actual game longer, but I just try to pack as many multi-use things as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing when we do snacks, we, I always try to think, cause my kids will, pl- I don't know about yours, but my kids plow through snacks when we're traveling just yeah. cause I, they get bored. And so they ask for a snack every however many minutes. <laughs> um, and so I try to pack snacks well, one that are not insanely full of sugar because then they're really hyper and can't go anywhere. So I try to think through, is this going to make them overly energetic and I will regret it? Um, And I also, okay, I'm about to totally backtrack on what I just said about the sugar. The one exception that I find incredibly helpful when you need a personal sanity moment, you know, when you're tired of, mom, what's this? And why is the engine loud? And how long until we get there? You know, when you need just kind of a break from that, suckers are, are the yes. best live because they take forever. They can't talk and eat them at the same <laughs> time. And, you know, I mean, I guess if they chew on them, but if you have a, so we have a rule, you can't bite it. You know, you have to lick it. And so they just, it gives me about 30 minutes of that's just kind genius. of where it's just more chill. So whether that's in the car or driving. So we'll get you know, a sucker. So that's kind of, that's my personal sanity saving thing Mm -hmm. is the sucker. Um, another thing is this maybe is more for driving, but we do it sometimes flying too. If we're on the airplanes, we'll just do spontaneous dance parties where we, you know, maybe the kids, we just give them headphones if we're on an airplane, but if we're in the car, we'll just turn fun music up really loud. And for a couple minutes, just dance really hard in our seats um, just gets energy out. It kind of breaks up the monotony of sitting there for a long time. And it kind of, I don't know, the kids seem to love it. That's so, so fun. We just kind of do that. It gets, when you can't stop and pull over to play, that's sort of a, a fun go-to that they like. That's good. I'm going to have to pull that out. We have one, one drive on our trip that's 13 hours. So we're going to need to pull out of some of those dance parties. I like that idea. And then, and then one last thing that we do now that the kids are a little bit older, well, what, the one thing when they were little, they loved tape. Someone else gave me that tip oh. is that you just give them a piece of tape and babies just kind of play with it, sticking to their hands. 
but it's not messy or hard to clean up. It's not expensive. So I always just bring a couple rolls of tape and my kids, for whatever reason, think it's fun to make things out of tape or tape stuff together or whatnot. Yeah, it doesn't take up room in your carry-on or anything. So tape, but then we also started giving them, um, I mean, like pennies, nickels, dimes, not lots of money, but just little bits of money where they're like, okay, you have 10 dimes. And every time you complain or ask how long till we get where we're going, whatever it is, you have to pay us to ask us those questions, Uh, you know, so they can either keep their money or they can say that they're bored or whatever, you know, but we let them know before we start. If these, if you say these things, they cost you this much money. Or if you ask this question, it costs you this much money. So I think it kind of helps keep everyone's attitudes in check a little bit. If they have to pay money for asking questions, which is maybe another parent sanity thing (laughs) for us. I like that. I like that. Um, we, one thing we did on our first trip, we haven't done it since, which I think we need to implement it again, is we printed out kind of a map of some, especially our longer routes. And mm-hmm. so that way they could look and see where we were along the way so that it wasn't just this, you know, endless purgatory of being stuck in this car and they have no idea when they're getting out. Well, that's um, a good idea. And they could kind of look at the map. Oh, we just passed this city. So this is how much farther we have to go. And obviously that's mostly for older kids, but... Um, but it, it really helped. And if you have like one older kid, then they can communicate that to the younger kids. But, um, I've often wondered why minivans don't have those privacy glass things that limousines do, because I just think that would sell really, really (laughs) well. It would, that would be a, that'd be an upgrade I would gladly pay for. Me too. Me too. Um, so let's talk a couple minutes about packing. Obviously, you have less room when you're when you're flying. So, what are some packing tips that you have uh, for traveling with kids? Hmm, well, I I guess this is a packing tip for anybody, but just the layers are mm-hmm. a big thing. Just trying to think through, you know, how many outfits can you make out of a few things and bringing layers, um, things that aren't bulky. And then I just always, as much as of a hassle as it is to carry or have my kids wear kind of their clunkier shoes they might need through the airport because you have to take them off and on through security. It saves so much room in the suitcase. So we always wear, you know, if we're going somewhere where we might want hiking boots or hiking, my family never goes hiking, never (laughs) hiking boots. I don't know, boots, whatever. Um, Then, you know, we have them wear that and it saves space. But yeah, I, I mean, I try to just pack, I try to pack for a week's worth. And if I can just wash clothes in a bathtub or something, I do just because I feel like even, no matter how much stuff I pack, inevitably, we end up wearing the same thing over and over again, yeah. because it fits the best. It's, you know, more suited to wherever we are. So I just try to buy, you can get like, um, oh, I can't think of what it's called, but just hand, like, for hand-washing clothes, you can get at the grocery store. It's super cheap. And just pack some of that and just wash the clothes every so often in the shower and dry them out. So I try not to pack more than a week's worth of stuff if I can. Again, it's that whole run through the airport. Yes. yes. I totally agree with that. We Our trips are usually two, two and a half weeks. And we, my husband tries to schedule a place that we stay somewhere at that weak point to for sure have some sort of washing facilities so that we can just do all of our laundry that day. And then if we can, we also try to, on the last day, and this is only if we can, 
try to do laundry then as well so that we have less junk when we get home to turn through. But the seven day packing thing is, uh, yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, it's so helpful. Um, a couple things that we do, and I can, I'm really not super organized, but I just get super organized about some things. And, and I think it's because one of my biggest pet peeves is just having to find things in a car uh-huh. or when kids are looking for things all at the same time. And I don't know where it is for some reason that just really stresses me out. So waking up early in the morning and not being able to find kid number two's socks and shirt that they want to wear just, you know, can send me over the edge at the beginning of the day. So I am, um, especially in the beginning when they were littler, I would plan out their outfits for each day. And, and also on the, the first trip we took, it was, I think about two and a half weeks. And we spent one day where they played in the beach. We spent another day where they happened to, we got caught in a small snowstorm. And um, and a snowstorm on the same trip? Where did you go? Well, we went to the West coast. So we went, we spent some time in, um, uh, I can't remember. And I really, really like that place. I can't remember the name of the, the place, but, but some place between LA and San Francisco. And we stayed by the beach and we went, uh, I don't know if you could call it swimming cause it was really cold, but they went and splashed a lot in the water. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we visited my sister-in-law who lives, um, near like Tahoe and we went hiking and oh. it snowed and they played in the snow cause there was still snow on the ground. So it was one of those trips where we hit all kinds of different weather environments. And um, so I kind of had to plan out their clothes because um, otherwise, we, you know, we would get caught needing something. So mm-hmm. I planned out their clothes for kind of the entire trip looking ahead at the forecast. And then I put them each in Ziploc bags for each day and numbered the kid and numbered the day. Really? And- And so that sounds so obnoxious, but it was so beautiful because when we would wake up in the morning, I would say, okay, grab bag number three and the kids could just go and get their own clothes. And it had their socks and their underwear and their outfit for the day. And they would just grab bag number three and then they could go and get dressed. And it just saved me from having to say, okay, well, let's wear this. And nobody's arguing about what they're wearing because they just grab bag number three. And, um, that was really, really, and I, I actually did, I actually even did that for my own clothes. <laughs> just because that way I didn't have to think about what I was going to wear each day. I just grabbed the bag and I would change it up every now and then. But just having all of it neat and tidy and separated in the bags, because usually when you travel, you end up, you know, stuffing things into your suitcase. And this way, all the clothes stayed nice and neat and clean that were supposed to stay neat and clean. Um, That's and, a great idea. I'm, st- I'm going to borrow that one. That's good. It, it really helped. And then that way it also, you, if you push down the bags and close the Ziploc thing, then um, it saves room too, I think. Right. Uh, so, and and you can buy, we used gallon size bags when the kids were smaller. Now, you know, if we go someplace where they need to wear jeans and sweaters, then we just get, they have a, I don't know what size it is, but you can go to the grocery store and they have kind of a jumbo size Ziploc oh. bag. So we use, we use those and then we just reuse them um, every year. So I have a big pile of Ziploc bags in the other room that have each of our kids' names on it and then the day and then one bag for their swimsuits, one bag for their PJs, and any uh, another bag for any outer clothes like sweaters and stuff. So Smart. 
sounds insane, but it was really helpful if that's something that bothers you. I've also heard people use just clear boxes to pack instead of suitcases. And that way they can see everything in it and they have a box for each kid. So they, when they get to a hotel, they just get one of those carts. Mm-hmm. And um, that way they can easily see what's in each box and easily find stuff. So that works for some people. Yeah. Um, any other packing, traveling tips that you want to share before we head out? Not that I can think of. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we have some fun travels ahead of us. You're heading to South Africa, right? That's right, Cape Town. Nice, nice. And yeah. I'm going to the just as exciting location of Alabama and a few <laughs> other places. <laughs> hey, it's all adventure, right? Yeah, we're, we're going to a couple other. We're actually going to Williamsburg is one place we're going, which I'm very excited about because I have right, that history. Fun. That, mm-hmm. And honestly, D.C. is one of my favorite places I've ever been. So that's fine. Good, Good to know. time. Good to know. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be fun. And I love that my husband is the planner, so I can just be like the fourth kid and say, where are we going today? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Huh? Huh? Can we hire him out to maybe plan our family trip? Seriously, he could do that for a job, but I don't think he quite gets into it for, for other people. Yeah. It's okay. not the same. <laughs> just thought I'd ask. Yeah, well, you know. Um, well, thanks so much for joining me today, Liz, and chatting about traveling with kids. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online in case they want to get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, my uh, Twitter is at Larkin Bloom and my blog is Larkin Bloom, L-A-R-K-A-N-D-B-L-O-O-M.com. And you can find me there. Awesome. And I will leave everybody with one last thought on traveling with kids. One thing that has so helped my husband and I when we think about family vacations is that we don't call them a vacation. We call them an adventure. Because when you have kids, it's very different. It's not about sitting with a drink on the beach, sipping your Coca-Cola or whatever, relaxing. It's not a vacation. It's an adventure. And having that perspective has really helped us keep our sanity when things feel a little bit crazier than we anticipated. And it allows us to embrace all the fun aspects of traveling with our kids and getting to show them new and exciting things. So I hope you will... Go on an adventure with your kids somewhere this summer and have fun. So thanks for joining us today, Liz. Thanks for joining me and sharing some of your flying wisdom. And we will see you guys next week. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And 
place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with His grace His grace and sweet new mercies May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take It's feeling like a good day